the Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 223 for September 5th, 2010. News from IFA in Berlin, Samsung announces an iPad contender, and what exactly does HD voice sound like? My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Coppas. Brought to you by Netflix and supported by listeners like you, subscribers to The Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked. More information at thecellphonejunkie.com. The show is also supported by The Cell Phone Junkie podcast application for the iOS, available now in the iTunes store for $1.00 and 99 cents well first today you can get a free bumper or a case for your iphone 4 from apple that will alleviate any attenuation issues that you have but it's only going to provide you with a minimal amount of protection for the phone otterbox launched their defender series case earlier in the summer giving you an extremely high level of protection in even the most rugged environments but what if you want to have a good solid case for your device but not have all the bulk Enter the OtterBox Commuter Series for the iPhone 4. Made from many of the same high-impact materials from the Defender Series, the commuter will protect your iPhone while on the go, yet still fit nicely into your pocket. The device is $34.95. We did a full review on it. You can find that over at the site, thecellphonejunkie.com. You had one of those on your 3GS for a really long time, Mickey, and that just, I could barely tell you how to case on that thing, and that was just a perfect case for that phone. I, I thought that was just a, if I had an iPhone, that's what I'd have on mine to protect it. The Commuter Series is probably my favorite line from OtterBox. I had one for the Nexus a couple of weeks ago um, and, and had did a review on that one as well, and like you said, the 3GS. You know, they, they've done a good job with this, like I said, it's it's the perfect kind of in-between of not all the bulk, but yet the protection that you need. Yeah, totally. And if I, if I for my BlackBerry, Mickey, if I didn't use the uh, charging pod where the, mm-hmm. it has to contact the contacts in the back and I didn't use the, the BlackBerry sleeve, uh, which is a pocket holster, um, I, I would have a case like that. That's probably what I'd put on my BlackBerry if I didn't uh, protect it with the, the case or the sleeve. One of the things, too, uh, you know, with this is you, you've got access to all of your ports via little flaps that they put on it, and there's some ingenious things on it. They've got a, a port on the top, uh, port flap, that is, for the 3.5mm headset jack, but then they also have a cutout into that for the second uh, secondary antenna that you have for, uh, you know, the microphone, or antenna, for the microphone on top of it, and that is, that's nice to see that they didn't cover that up. I've seen some cases that actually have, and that's not good. Wow. No, that's not good at all. On the bottom, there's a, a flap that covers the 30-pin dot connector, and that will allow for either use of the newer cables or the early, earlier uh, cable that came with like your, your standard iPod Classics and stuff like that that has the little, uh, you know, where you push in on the sides to pull it in and out. So it does work for both, so that's nice to see. And just overall, a real, real nice case here. Like I said, we've got a full review up with some great high-res pictures of it if you want to take a look at it over at the site. Next, uh, early in the year, we posted a review of the iHound software for the iPhone, and last month we had an overview of the new features for version uh, that come, that you can use on the iOS 4 device. Now, iHound has come out with a phone and family tracking service. It uses geofencing technology to help keep track of where your devices are at any given time. The service allows you to automatically update and share your location as well if you want via Facebook, Twitter, 
or Foursquare automatically that uses the GPS data that it's pulled down to keep tabs on your phone. The service is free to all iHound customers and definitely has some unique uses. If you're an iHound user, you're going to love what you can now do with all these new features. Uh, Just a a couple of things with this here. Obviously, I I think a great deal of the iHound uh, products, and I think they've done a good job with it. If for nothing else, for as little as $4 for every three months, or I think it's $20 for two years, you can keep track of your device anytime you want. So if it gets lost, uh, if for some reason it gets stolen, uh, you just can't find it, uh, you can always go onto the site and it's going to have a, hopefully, uh, if your phone is on, it's going to have the whereabouts of it within the last 10 minutes. You can then do real-time tracking on the device and send alerts to it and stuff like that. So of course, it's a great service. And this new geofencing technology does some really unique things. Uh, I'm a Foursquare user. It allows me to set up automatic check-ins. So whenever I arrive at a certain place, it will automatically get me checked in there based on the GPS data. And if you've got someone in your life, such as a child or, um, you know, a spouse or somebody who is, uh, you, you, you want to keep yourself informed of their whereabouts, um, whether it's maybe when your kid gets home from school or maybe they arrive to school, um, whatever it is, you can set it up so that it will notify you with either a push notification or an email whenever that happens. Also, automatic reminders are great. You can set it up. So let's say you're going on a trip and once you arrive at a place, let's say it's you know downtown in a new city, um, it can actually send you Yelp alerts. So it'll tell you the best restaurants, bar, uh, you know, bars or clubs or anything like that that you're looking to go to. Um, you know, Those can be sent via email or again, push notifications. And then finally, you can actually set it up so that when one of the devices that you have in your family that's got the iHound service on it arrives at a certain place, you can have a list sent to them. So the example is you send your spouse to the store and once they get to the store, their phone will get a push notification that has the shopping list pull up on it, which I think is a really kind of unique thing to do. It's, you know, very, uh, you know, very uh, simple, yet you, you don't necessarily know when that person's going to be, you know, arriving at the store. So why not just have it when they arrive, it, it comes to them. So kind of a unique thing. You know, ultimately, this is a it's a free service. So if you have the iHound software on your device, you can start using this right now. Just log into your account and go to my geofences and you'll be able to set up alerts for wherever you go. Yeah, it's a very interesting set of features, Mickey. They're not for me, but boy, they, I mean, that's very comprehensive. And, you know, that price you stated, I mean, that's actually something I would even pay for because that is a very reasonable rate, really. I mean, uh, most services are a lot more than that. So it's uh, pretty neat. If you're looking to use the the mobile me service just because you're wanting to keep track of your phone, this is a lot more reasonable. You can easily, uh, you know, spend. I think it's what a hundred bucks a year. Um, you can get it cheaper, maybe seventy bucks a year for the mobile me service. And this is, like I said, twenty bucks for two years to keep track of your phone. It's it's a great, great, uh, great, great price. And we've seen we've seen and read and heard about so many people recovering their devices in very bizarre situations with, uh, you know, the mobile me or services similar to this. And, uh, you know, it's a very, very expensive piece of hardware that you really don't want to lose. And ultimately, I mean, what's what's 20 bucks over the course of two years? I mean, you're spending 30 bucks a month probably on your data plan alone. So. I mean, it's a, it's a great thing. And again, this all the new features here of the geofencing plus all the social integration in it as well uh, makes it a very good product. And thanks to iHound for uh, letting us test out the service here and uh, for getting up the re- or letting us put up this review um, of the service. 
Let's move into the news here. Let's talk about Intel first. On Monday, they announced that they would purchase wireless chipset maker Infineon for $1.4 billion. The cash transaction is set to close in the first quarter of 2011, and the unit would remain a standalone business following the acquisition. This is the second major deal for Intel within two weeks after the company announced its $7.7 billion offer for McAfee on the 19th of August. Technology and telecommunications companies could soon get access to unused TV airways, allowing them to introduce new wireless services under rules that the FCC officials are close to putting into final form. Some of FCC Chairman Julius Janikowski's top aides have met with broadcasters and other interested parties in the recent weeks to discuss the remaining obstacles to freeing up the vacant spectrum between the television channels known as white spaces. The issue could come to vote as soon as September's meeting, and Janikowski said earlier in the year that he wanted the matter resolved by the end of September. Microsoft and other high-tech companies want to use the vacant TV airwaves because signals sent on that band of spectrum can travel long distances and move through buildings which could uh, allow companies to build wireless internet networks that are stronger than current Wi-Fi hotspots. Motorola has set aside $3.5 billion for the planned spinoff of its hand-sent unit during the first quarter of 2011. The split creates one entity devoted to both cable and phone uh, services. The other is the enterprise computing sector. Motorola stated that this is a cash infusion that would allow the new business to have the best chance for success. The Chinese government has put in place a law that requires identification to be shown when purchasing a SIM card for mobile phone service. The move is being made to help cut down on crime and fraud. Similar laws have been discussed in the U.S., but none have yet to take effect. Well, if voice quality is important to you, then the new HD Voice on Orange is definitely going to be of interest. Engadget posted some sample audio of a call made from an iPhone to a Nokia E5 using a normal voice codec, and then compared the call to an HD voice call from one E5 to another. The quality difference is quite noticeable due to the wider speech speech bandwidth. The sound is similar to making the jump from an AM radio over to FM. So we're going to play a little clip here for you so you've got an idea of what HD voice means. Hey there, this is Richard Lai and Gadgets, and uh, we're now going to have a look at uh, the difference between uh, normal voice call and HD voice call from Orange UK. Hey guys, this is Richard Lai again, and um, we're now using another Nokia E5, which is HD voice enabled, to make a call to the other Nokia E5, also with HD voice enabled, over the Orange UK um, HD voice network. So as you heard there, obviously a very big difference. It kind of sounds like someone who's, uh, you know, talking on a regular phone and then you make that jump to, say, like a Skype call. I mean, it's all in the codex here. So I'm, I'm pretty intrigued by that. That's pretty nice. You know, it's it's a feature that you it, it's very hard to put a it's you can't describe it, but it sounds better. Um, but it just gives you such a feeling of of, of being there. You know, it's a, it, it would be comparable to seeing an HD TV versus an old TV. You can you can see the crowd in the background and the sporting events. You can actually see the people's faces, and to me, that's just stunning when you see that. Um, and, and and when you hear the detail in somebody's voice, you can actually pick up how they're saying things more so than you can over a lower quality connection. And uh, you know, if anybody has a VoIP system at work, for example. Um, if you get VoIP to VoIP connections direct, you will get uh, higher quality codecs will will uh, usually be chosen to ma- uh, mate the two systems together. So uh, you may have experienced it. And it's very, very neat. I, I'm, I'm excited about it. I think uh, Orange, obviously, this is the first one here. It's only in the UK. It's not to the US yet. But um, and there's not that many pieces of hardware out there either. That's the only thing you, you've got to have 
both sides of the call being able to send and receive this type of, of, of service. As you heard in the first call, it was from an iPhone over to an E5, and the call sounded the same as any other call that you've ever heard. But you introduce another E5 into the equation, and there you go. It sounds real good. So neat stuff there, and hopefully we'll see it come across the pond here to the U.S. before too long. Well, during the music press event this week, Apple announced that it was activating 230,000 new iOS devices each day. Steve Jobs went on to say that the figure was significant because they are only counting the number of new users to the OS and don't duplicate those that were already using it in some capacity. Google had announced last month that it was activating around 200,000 new Android devices each day, but Jobs refuted the claim, saying that, quote, we think some of our friends are counting upgrades in their numbers. On Thursday, Google released a statement regarding the claim, saying the Android activation numbers do not include upgrades and are, in fact, only a portion of the Android devices in the market, since we only include devices that have Google services. So a little uh, tit for tat there, I guess, both uh, companies saying that they've got you know, a lot of activations, 200,000 versus 230,000, a lot of, a lot of activations there. I mean, that's all we can say. There's a lot of new smartphones in the the market every single day. And uh, it's a great time uh, to be, you know, in the smartphone uh, market or in the smartphone industry, as you're uh, hopefully seeing a lot of these new customers come around. Speaking to Reuters at this week's IFA show, Samsung head of marketing, Ya Li, said that they were prioritizing their Android platform, and because Android is very open and flexible, there is a consumer demand for it. Li further went on to note that the company will continue to focus on its Bada platform outside the U.S., but downplayed Windows Phone 7 when asked about it, saying that there is only some professional specialized demand there, so it looks like Samsung may not be doing a whole lot with Windows moving forward. Well, right now it doesn't make sense because we've now got an established user base of Android with uh, applications and a large number of people are really jumping on it. There's, you know, marketing campaigns like from Verizon, I'm sure other carriers around the, the globe have been pushing it. It's uh, free, whereas Windows Phone is going to cost around, I think it was $20 I just saw uh, per handset mm-hmm. or maybe yep. it was a little bit less, but um, there's still a number attached to it and it's completely new and unproven. So let's, you know, it'd be, it's smart for them to actually go for the Android platform. And, uh, you know, you have to see how Windows Phone will kind of shake out, um, especially for a, a slightly smaller manufacturer like Samsung. Um, you know, the WebOS, it's an amazing interface, but it's it's really not going anywhere right now. Well, the Samsung Mobile president, J.K. Shin, told reporters that the company is raising its sales estimates from the year from 18 million up to 25 million units. And that 18 million units is actually three times higher than the total number of phones sold in 2009. So they're expecting to have uh, over 10% of the overall world smartphone market share by the end of the year. So Samsung is definitely on a roll. I think, uh, you know, with those types of numbers, you know, they they have the, the Galaxy S devices that are out on every carrier now in the U.S., or almost every carrier. And so we should be seeing a lot more Samsung devices, at least here in the U.S., um, alone, not to mention worldwide. Well, and it seems like every uh, you know manufacturer is jumping in on Android, and it seems like there's enough room for them because the the number, amount of people picking them up are just it, it just keeps expanding. So you know every manufacturer has kind of a little niche that they they fulfill in in different models, and it just it, there's room for everybody right now. 
Well, let's talk a little bit more about Android here. Let's talk some stats. Quantcast published some data on Friday showing that Android's share of the U.S. mobile web traffic had climbed to 25% in August and that one of its best month gains since November of 2009. During the month, Android saw a 2% gain in mobile web market share while every other platform actually dropped. Over the past 12 months, Apple has lost lost ground to Google. It's down 11% over the same period last year, though it still holds a significant lead with 56% of the mobile web market share. Uh, Also, over that time, Google picked up 17% more market share. RIM's market share did drop from 10% down to 9% last quarter, and the combined market share of all other platforms hovered around 10%. Apple Insider published information about a trend showing Apple's iOS passing Linux as the third most popular web browsing platform. The information from web firm Net Application shows that the iOS overtook Linux in July when it jumped to 1.06% of all web traffic on the web, besting the 0.93% of Linux. Then in August, the Delta continued to grow as iOS moved to 1.13% and Linux dropped down to 0.85%. For perspective, Android accounted for 0.2% of web traffic in August, up from the 0.18% that it had in July. Well, Tempe, Arizona has asking residents to register their cell phones in an emergency alert system, but they're not the only ones. If you've got a home phone and you already have this, you already have this feature, all landlines uh, around the country are part of an emergency notification system known as CENS, and it warns residents about neighborhood school shutdowns, house-to-house searches for suspects, flash flood warnings, rolling blackouts, hazardous spills, and the like. If you're in Arizona and in the Phoenix market, Maricopa County, has an entire system uh, that you can go over and sign up for. We're going to include a link in the show notes that allows you to be notified when any of these things happen. But like I said, this is uh, Tempe is not the only one. In fact, there are agencies all over the country that are allowing you to sign up your cell phone number to be alerted when something happens in your area. And this, this registration is actually pretty easy into your name and your phone number, plus the address of your house. And uh, then you are grouped in with all of the landlines in that area. And then when they need to send out an alert, they go ahead and send it out to you on your cell phone as well. Um, Obviously, there's a little bit of a privacy concern there if you're someone who doesn't like to get uh, unsolicited calls on your phone. But, um, you know, nonetheless, you can get notified of things that are happening in your area. And I know that, like I said, this is not something that's unique here to Arizona, but this happened to be in the local paper. And uh, so check your your local municipality to see if this works in your area as well. Yeah. And especially, you know, as many households go just to the just to cell phones, uh, some of these things, it, it is kind of a safety issue. You want to keep these things in mind where uh, to, to possibly register your cell phone if you're um, if you're without a landline. Um, and some of these things are, you know, pretty good safety issues. So it's something to definitely consider. Yeah. I mean, I would love to know if there's ever going to be a rolling blackout come to my area. You know, we're in a very hot part of the country and it would be a problem if my house were to go without power for any you know amount of time during the summer. And so it's it's great to know that kind of stuff. Of course, if there's going to be a school shut down in the area and you've got kids, that's great to know as well. Um, so, you know, check this out in your area if you're someone who's, you know, needs to be notified of things as they're happening on, uh, you know, on your cell phone. 
If you're on one of AT&T's non-unlimited data plans, it may be time to start monitoring your data usage closely. The consumer has had a story this week of a user named David who had used half of his monthly 200 megabyte data allowance in the first five days of his plan. He had, though, had not used the device for anything other than text messages during the time. The usage appears to occur during the overnight hours, sometime between 1 and 5 a.m., and accounts for 23.5 megabytes of usage per day. AT&T has been unable to explain the usage and has yet to credit his account for the transmissions. If you'd like to keep track of your megabytes, go to Settings, General, Usage, and then Reset Statistics on your iPhone. You'll then have a baseline to be able to check your actual usage versus what your phone is actually sending and receiving. And you know, this one kind of scared me when I first heard about it because I thought, you know, we, we talked about this, what, maybe three, four weeks ago where someone said, you know, they're sending weird amounts of data in the middle of the yep. night. And AT&T said, oh, no, 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 don't worry about that. That's not, not billed being usage. charged. Yes. You know, so. And look at this. Now that they're, you know, being billed for it because they've now dropped the limits down to 200 megs. And some of these these the, these overnight usage are huge uh, in comparison. What in the heck is going on here? And this is this is the problem with mobile data too, because it's so hard to put a finger on it and measure it yourself. Uh, when you know when you get these plans down to two hundred megabytes, uh, the way the phones are designed, they're just it's not real conducive to, to track this, and especially if it's doing stuff with the without your permission. I, it's this is a really tough one. I would say probably the easiest way to go is to, if you've got Wi-Fi in your house, turn on Wi-Fi on your phone. Absolutely. Um, that will take care of the issue because when it goes to send the data, it's going to do it over Wi-Fi. Hopefully. Hopefully, that's true. If this is some sort of AT&T backend thing, it may just use the cellular network. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I suppose um, if you're really concerned about it, go ahead and uh, you know maybe turn your phone off and just have Wi-Fi on or, or just turn your phone off altogether. And, um, you know, then it won't be sending the data, but maybe it does when you turn it back on. I don't know. There's no real good answer for this right now. So we're going to we're, we're trying to dig and find out what's going on here. Um, be sure we're going to talk more about this one going going into the future. But if you are on one of those data plans, just keep an eye on it. Check out your you can go on to wireless.att.com and you can check some pretty real time usage on there and, and see exactly where your phone is at. So just keep that in mind if you've got one of these smaller limited data plans. Well, starting this week on September 2nd, Verizon began offering new prepaid data packages for use with 3G-enabled smartphones and feature phones. The choices include an unlimited data plan for $30 per month or $10 per month for 25 megs of data with a $0.20 per megabyte overage fee. Some of the phones eligible for the new plans include the BlackBerry Curve 8530, both Storm models in the Bold 9650, also the Palm Pre Plus and Pixie Plus, as well as the entire Droid lineup are also supported. I, I was excited to see that the Blackberries were in here because if you're someone that all you do is email, Blackberry message, you know, maybe some instant messaging um, and phone calls on your Blackberry, 25 megs actually may be okay for you. And, and I'll tell you why. I've got a device here. Um, it's a, a device that I use strictly for work, so I don't do any web browsing on it. It's exclusively email, phone calls, um, you know, obviously managing my calendar and contacts, but that's all done, you know, through through the BlackBerry Enterprise server. Uh, and then occasionally I will do, you know, some BlackBerry Messenger stuff on here, but it's not a whole lot. And over the course of time that I've had this device, um, I, I think it was like three or four months of usage, and I hadn't even hit 50 megabytes of it yet. So to me, that 
this actually would be a pretty decent plan for someone who's only planning to do send and receive emails, not process a lot of attachments or anything like that. 10 bucks a month gives you 25 megs of data. And if you're on a BlackBerry, that could be more than enough. Just make sure you're not downloading podcasts or anything like that, because half of one of our podcasts will cap you on that limit. So just keep in mind what you're doing with the device and you may be able to take advantage of this. Plus it's a prepaid plan. So you're going to be able to save some money on that side as well. No contract either. And no um, credit check. Mm-hmm. A lot of positives to the prepaid. So check those out, especially if you're someone that looks to uh, that's looking to get on Verizon. Clearwire announced new prepaid plans on Monday, targeting the 20-something market through a new brand called Rover. The service targets casual users and will be available in all markets. Currently, there are 49 served by the 4G WiMAX service. Two devices will be offered at launch, the Rover Puck and the Rover Stick. The Puck is a MiFi-style device that will be sold for $150, connecting up to eight devices at a time. The Stick is a USB dongle that will be compatible with most computers and will retail for $100. Rover will not require contracts, but will only operate on the WiMAX network and will not fall back on Sprint's EVDO when no service is available. The service costs $5 per day, $20 per week, or $50 per month for unlimited WiMAX broadband internet. Users will purchase new credits in $20 or $50 denominations. The Rover brand devices and service are available first in Houston, Texas, and St. Louis, Missouri, with the other markets to follow. Sprint announced the expansion of its Commons common sense mobile prepaid brand to 500 more walmart stores across the country the brand launched in may and will now be available to nearly 1250 of walmart's 4300 stores across the u.s additionally sprint said users of the service will get 200 bonus minutes for domestic use when they refill their phone for the first time common sense mobile customers are charged seven cents per minute or seven cents per text subscribers can purchase a 20 dollars refill card for 30 days of service and a 30 dollars card for 60 days of service additionally the common sense brand uh, rounds out rounds down unused parts of minutes instead of rounding up however subscribers forfeit any unused money at the end of the term sprint and clearwire wednesday announced the expansion of the ymax network to three new markets boston daytona beach and providence are now covered by the 4g network bringing the total to that 49 number we mentioned a couple stories back sprint also confirmed that the service being prepped for launch in the new york city area and some devices may see intermittent coverage prior to the official launch date Boost Mobile announced Wednesday a new option for customers, $2 per day for unlimited everything. This includes calls, texts, picture messages, email, and 411 calls deducted at midnight each night from the user's account. T-Mobile on Tuesday announced the expansion of its HSPA Plus data network. New markets now include Boston, Erie, Pennsylvania, Fresno, Palm Springs, and San Diego, California, Miami, Florida, Richmond, Virginia, Spokane, Washington, and Topeka, Kansas. According to T-Mobile, 15 of its devices can access the improved data speeds offered from HSPA Plus, which has a theoretical maximum of 21 megabits per second. T-Mobile said it will continue to expand its HSPA Plus footprint through the rest of the year and expects to have 200 million Americans covered by December 31st and with plans to double speeds to 42 megabits per second by 2011. Metro PCS announced new plans to allow unlimited calling to all landlines in Mexico with unlimited texting to mobile phones as well. The plan is called Max Mexico and requires a wireless for all family plan, which will cost and will cost $5 per month on top of the existing fees. But that fee, that $5 includes all taxes and service fees. 
Well, thanks to our first sponsor, Netflix. Help support the Cell Phone Junkie by signing up for a two-week free trial. Plans start at $4.99 per month, over 100,000 titles to choose from. Keep each movie as long as you want, no late fees ever. Free shipping both ways, free delivery in about one business day. Cancel any time and as a bonus to your DVDs, watch some movies over the internet for no additional charge. Joey and I appreciate your support of the show by signing up for that free trial of Netflix. Well, I watched a few different titles over the course of this holiday weekend. The first one was the 2009 thriller Sherlock Holmes, and then the mob classic Goodfellas, two totally different films, both uh, actually um, good in their own right. Sherlock Holmes was a little bit low budget, uh, but nonetheless it was entertaining and if you like that kind of thing that kind of mystery type thriller you're going to like that movie and of course if you are any at all interested in uh you know the mob and the mafia uh, i've kind of been going through this this kick lately i've been watching a lot of sopranos uh, i saw the godfather movies lately and someone said you gotta see goodfellas so i got that movie and if you want to know how the mobs actually are run, this is a really cool movie. Uh, it is unbelievably gory and graphic. So I will throw that disclaimer right now. It is not for the fan of heart, not for kids by any means. No, and uh, Henry Hill from that movie, actually, Mickey, he's um, he's in the public now. And he's been on Howard Stern a whole bunch of times. I've heard him interviewed, and he's uh, he, he's kind of out even though he is kind of at risk personally, actually, still um, not not so much. But um, it, it, it's a very interesting story to now fast forward here into the future now from when that movie was actually done and kind of want to, you know, obviously it's a little bit of drama mixed in there, but it's a, a pretty, pretty accurate uh, portrayal. And this week, Netflix published around 400 titles to watch instantly tons of good movies the godfathers all three of them are now available to watch instantly i see that star trek the brand new movie that came out last summer is now available to watch instantly um i'm gonna probably give that one another shot i I didn't really like it much in the theater but now i can try watching it again uh, just completely you know on a whim here with the streaming service and uh, watch it and there's a whole bunch more good ones that they they put out i I could go on for an hour so (laughs) it's uh i i'm just uh, still not you know sponsorship aside i just like netflix just just as it is you know i'm looking here at my uh at my i think these are recommendations that they make for you um based on your interest and i'm a little um i'm a little put off by some of these (laughs) for my new movies to watch instantly it's it's saying that Wallace and Gromit, Loaf and Death, which appears to be some sort of cartoon, is being recommended, as well as Door the Explorer Season 3. I don't know how that one would have possibly made its way into my, my recommendations. Wow. Yeah, I see uh, Iron Man is also from last summer is available to stream right now, too. So there's, I, you know, I see some goofball uh, suggestions <laughs> like that as well. So I, I don't know what they're doing. Care Bears? Why would I want to watch Care Bears? <laughs> Anyway, you can you can see all sorts of different recommendations that they make based on your preferences for movies that you've got in the past. And of course, there's there's some great ones on there. And Joey's had 400 new ones. I'm it's really impressive what they're doing here. They've they've got uh, um, you know some great things coming out here. The you know the new uh, the new Apple TV they said uh, in their release this week that that's going to be able to stream the Netflix movies as well. So if you don't want to buy them uh, through iTunes or I guess rent them because you're not buying anymore, but if you don't want to rent through iTunes, you can now stream your netflix stuff uh if you want to get one of the new apple tvs yeah and just keep in mind it's just not the latest and greatest kind of what you do with the apple tv thing Mm -hmm. um but you know for me once you just kind of get over that initial 
uh, surge of, uh, you know, getting used to things being just a little bit delayed. Uh, I, I actually just, just tonight I was talking to somebody who has done this. They've gone just exclusive Netflix. It's all that that's the only place they get media from. Uh, actually, I met two people this weekend. That's all they do. There's no TV, no mm. cable, no, you know, it's just Netflix. And uh, it's seriously very possible. It's a great way to save money. I, I keep thinking about it. I mean, I look at what I did this weekend. You know, I watched a couple of movies um, from Netflix, and uh, I was also hanging out, um, watching some TV shows. And the TV doesn't come on very often. And when it does, it's 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 local channels. I mean, it's not regular cable. So I'm seriously thinking about it as well. Um, there's so many options now, uh, and I've got a pretty a pretty good database of media here as well that I you know have to to watch and you know uh, so I, I'm pretty I'm, I would probably be pretty okay with it. It's uh, it's a hard leap to make though, especially I've had cable for you know how many years now? You know, thirty years. I've been looking at cable TV. I mean, it's it'd be a hard thing to change, but I don't know. We'll see. Maybe uh, maybe I can convince myself here to make the jump eventually. But anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about some devices here. Uh, an antenna fix could be coming to the iPhone four in late September, according to a Mexican tech site called Canal uh, MX. A redesign of that iPhone four antenna could be coming. The site says that the Mexican carrier Telcel recently began offering the iPhone four to customers as the same one that was sold in the U.S. Uh, Marco Cortez, the director of value-added services, stated that after the 30th of September, which is the date that they will be issuing free cases until, a new version of the iPhone 4 with an antenna fix would be coming out made available by Apple. Now, take that for what it's worth. Who knows if that's real or not, but that's the scuttlebutt this week on the new antenna. Yeah, you know, and I've always been convinced that that September, you know, 30th deadline is is the kind of the date where the the phones being sold at that time will be fixed. I, I honestly believe there's going to be a coating, um, you know, a thin lacquer clear that you can't tell is there over those metal bits to insulate them from from the, you know, the conductivity of your skin to short the two radios out. I, I'm I'm convinced that that uh, was going to happen from the very beginning, from from when they've announced uh, that the cases are ending at a certain date. I think I think you're probably right. I, I don't know what it's going to be. That sounds very plausible. Um, I have no reason to think that they're going to do anything otherwise. I think the design is going to stay the same. Uh, I don't think we'll see a new design until sometime mid next year, maybe late next year even. But... Yeah, you're right. I mean, they could easily do something like that in the the manufacturing process where they just change, you know, one step and how the the antenna is actually put in place and you'd be good to go. I I had a clear lacquer over my trackpad on my BlackBerry uh, bold here, Mickey, that started chipping off. It was a crystal clear lacquer that I didn't even know was there until it started chipping and then I chipped the rest of it off and it looks the exact same and fe- feels the exact same that it did before. So, I mean, these, these products are available out there, so I'm sure that's what's going to be happening. Hmm. Yeah, I am um, looking. I've got the exact same bold as you, and I, I'm assuming that my lacquer is still on there. It's, yes, it is. You, you would know it if it uh, if it started chipping. You, you would see it immediately. Hmm. Interesting. Well, anyway, uh, also on the Apple side, the Wall Street Journal reporting that Deutsche Telekom could be losing its iPhone 4 exclusivity agreement later in the year. 
Citing sources familiar with the matter, the report suggests that Vodafone and O2 are working on distribution agreements with Apple, and negotiations are in advanced stages for both carriers. So we could see more devices, or uh, the iPhone on more carriers, uh, so more devices in Germany coming uh, very soon, it sounds. Android.com posted a number of photos and videos on an unreleased LG E900 Windows Phone 7 device. The phone is a 3.7-inch capacitive touchscreen device with a TFT LCD display and a 1.3 gigahertz Snapdragon processor. Also has a light sensor, proximity sensor, and mini USB slot. I wonder if they mean micro USB. Also, 3.5 millimeter headset jack and a price of around $300 were also mentioned. The site out of Poland says that the E900 is going to be launched sometime in Europe this fall. T-Mobile announced earlier this month that they'd be selling the Curve 3G, and through its Facebook page on Monday, they said it would be sold starting on the 8th of September for $80 after a two-year contract is signed. The phone will be available in smoky violet or graphite gray. Rogers Wireless in Canada announced that they'll be carrying the BlackBerry Torch 9800 beginning on the 24th of September. The phone will be available in-store and on the carrier's website for $199 after a three-year contract. Following that announcement, uh, TELUS announced that they would be getting the device as well on the 24th, though pricing was not released. And last but not least, Bell Mobility will launch the Torch on the 24th as well, $200 on a three-year contract for them. Well, Sprint has been offering the new Epic 4G for $250 on a new contract. Amazon may be the place to buy. BGR reports that the online retailer is offering the latest Samsung Galaxy S device on the Sprint network for $50 cheaper, $200 when you purchase through Amazon. Mobile Flip posted photos of a device known as the Motorola X-T300. The Android portrait sliding device takes on some heavy cues from the Palm Pre and has the same Verizon Droid branding features built in. The device appears to be running on GSM, though, and appears to be in the mid-range category versus the higher-end devices that have been part of the Droid campaign. Motorola announced Wednesday the Milestone 2 in European markets. The Milestone 2 is very similar to the Droid 2 with its 1 GHz processor, 5 megapixel camera with 720p video recording, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, GPS, 3G mobile hotspot capabilities, Flash 10.1, DNLA support, and Android 2.2. The device, though, will come with MotoBlur, which is a departure from the stock software on the Droid 2. The phone will ship with an 8GB microSD card and will be available beginning in the fourth quarter. After a teaser site was posted last week, we knew the Galaxy Tab would launch at the IFA in Berlin on Wednesday. True to form, the Tab was officially outed by Samsung with some great specifications. It has a 1 GHz Cortex-A8 processor. Note, that's four more A's than the Apple iPad. HSUPA 5.76 megabit per second and HSDPA 7.2 megabit per second radios on 900, 1900, and 2100 megahertz. Quadband GSM 7-inch WS VGA screen with multi-touch. Android 2.2 is the OS. Wi-Fi A, B, G, and N are all built in. Bluetooth 3, GPS, DNLA, Flash 10.1, a 4,000 milliamp hour battery, 3 megapixel rear-facing camera with a flash, 1.3 megapixel front-facing camera, full HD video playback at 1080p, and micro SD card support with a uh, slot with support for up to 32 gigabyte cards. The tab will be launched in Europe in mid-September and other markets 
targets, including the U.S. and Asia, in the coming months. On Friday, European news organizations began reporting that the device would retail for a whopping 699 euros, that's almost $900, or 799 euros, that's over $1,000, for 16 gig and 32 gig models. Also, sources for BGR report that Sprint could be the first carrier in the States to get the device, though no pricing or firm details could be validated. Now, Joey, I wanted to talk about this one because uh, we're in a in a, a period now where we seem to be getting all these tablets that are coming out. Now, of course, the iPad was the one that you know broke through and said, okay, we can have a tablet that doesn't have to have a full computing OS on it. We can put a mobile phone operating system on it. It's got that nine point, what is it, seven inch display on it, which you know was a, is a nice big display. Uh, the weight, though, it was a, a concern for certain people. So Samsung comes out with a device that's nearly identical in specs. Uh, it's a seven inch display, though, so it's a little bit smaller than it. Um, though the the Price may be a little bit of a hindrance here, but what do you think about this? Is this uh, you know just the beginning, or is this market uh, going to be just a fad? Uh, you know, honestly, I think this market's going to be a fad, kind of similar to the netbook fad. Um, but what what happens is these these devices, you know, they 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 fill a need. You know, they're a niche need for certain things. I have a netbook and I absolutely adore the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I use it for quick web browsing all the time. Very similar to what somebody would use an iPad or a tablet like this for. It's a quick and dirty way to just do um, computing. However, I actually do take advantage of the extra power the netbook gives me over a device like this. But in, I know most of the people, this would be plenty for it, just like the iPad is and the web browsing that it has. Uh, for me, I, I kind of like the keyboard. Um, cause I do, will I will type emails in, um, this device would not be for me, but you know what, Mickey, we're going to see a million of these things coming. Um, because the Android OS, we know that it's free to the manufacturers. Um, we, you know, the, the success of the iPad is stunning. So, I mean, all these manufacturers are going to get on this because they should, because there's going to be, they're going to sell a lot of these things. I, I really think they are. It's a nice looking device. Specs are great. Um, you know, it's got Android 2.2 on it. So the problem is, are you going to get another uh, contract with it? And what I'm wondering is if this comes to Sprint, I think it's going to be a device that comes for, you know, $200, $100, and you sign a two-year contract on it, and uh, then you get the service, uh, you know, with the device, but then you're paying whatever it is, 30 40 bucks a month, whatever, but you get the device, you know, up front for a cheaper cost. Yeah, and something like this is what they should start doing. You know, the carriers, Mickey, is really make this like some sort of add-on device to your plan where mm. you buy one of these things, they'll subsidize it, but it's something like $20 a month extra, kind of like what they would charge for a tethering plan, 15 or $20 a month. I think that's what they could really probably make a killing on some of these things where this thing, yeah, it has a radio in it, but let's just keep it to data instead of actually making phone calls on it um, like some of them can. Uh, you know, like the, the Droid X is extremely popular. That thing's gigantic. I can't imagine. <laughs> I couldn't imagine carrying that thing around. But it's, it, you know, it's very, very popular. So uh, it, it, it's a very, um, we'll see how it shakes out. But I, there's going to be a ton of them this, this holiday shopping season. You've got the Dell Streak as well. That's a five-inch device. I mean, they're touting that one as kind of like a, a phone, though. I mean, more than anything, because yeah. it does function as a phone. So, but, you know, that that's a little bit too large for me. I mean, anything... I don't know. I, I this has been kind of my thing. I've I've seen you know the Evo. I've seen the Droid X, and they're 
even the the Samsung Galaxy S is just anything above that three and a half inches um, on a screen is I don't know for whatever reason it just it starts to feel just encroaching on on too large for me. I mean even the Nexus, uh, well that was three point seven. I think that one was probably about my limits, and um, maybe I'd feel different if I used it for you know a longer term. And you know those of you that are using it, I'm sure you feel differently than I do about it because you're probably loving the big screen. But um, I'm carrying multiple devices as well, and so maybe that's part of where you know my my concern about the size well and it also comes totally down to your usage as well i mean if if you're somebody who has more time to do web browsing and you're using that device for that it's you know it's all need-based for me that no way it's just not you know this this blackberry bold here is to me this is like the absolute limit for the size i, I want to carry um it, it's heavy and it's somewhat big it's okay still but i'd rather not carry anything uh bigger than this that's for sure hmm. Well, lots of uh, lots of definite uh, possibilities coming down the line here for tablets. That's for sure. So definite possibilities, definite possibilities. You see, I've got no idea what's coming down the line, but there's definitely some possibilities. <laughs> that stuff is going to come. We're going to see some new products this year. How's Mickey, that for a prediction? There's definite products coming. <laughs> exactly. T-Mobile posting a teaser site with limited details about the upcoming HTC G2. The phone will have Android 2.2, sliding QWERTY keyboard, flash 10.1 ready, and will be powered by an 800 megahertz Scorpion processor. The device is being marketed as the fastest smartphone experience in America, taking advantage of 4G speeds on the advanced HSPA Plus network. Motorola has launched a ruggedized Android handset that is a scratch, water, and dust-resistant device known as the DeFi. The phone has an 854 by 480 pixel resolution capacitive touch display at 3.7 inches. It will come running Android 2.1 with Moto Blur on an 800 megahertz processor and has a 5 megapixel camera with LED flash. The DeFi will be available in the fourth quarter in the UK on currently unidentified networks. Huawei announced on Thursday the first Android handset handset uh, known as the Ideos. Uh, the device will be the first international device to launch with Android 2.2 and is expected to go on sale in Europe and Asia later this year and will have both GSM and CDMA configurations. The Ideos U8150 has a quad-band GSM Edge radio on 850, 1900, and 2100 megahertz HSDPA bands with 7.2 megabit per second capabilities the 8150 will have a tri-band 850 1700 and 1900 megahertz cdma radio on board making it compatible with networks such as cricket and metro pcs other features on the idios android phones include gps wi-fi bluetooth and support for micro sd cards the IDEOS will support the Android wireless hotspot feature. Huawei said prices for the device will range between $127 and $179. On Friday, the Wall Street Journal said that T-Mobile is in talks with Huawei to bring the smartphone to their U.S. network. The journal said that the device could be available as soon as the holidays for $100 on contract. AT&T launching the LG Encore on Sunday, a feature phone with a 3-inch touch display. The device has a quad-band GSM and Edge radio in it with 850 and 1900 MHz HSDPA 3G support. Also, assisted GPS, an accelerometer, 3.5mm headphone jack, microSD card support, 32 gigs of storage, and Bluetooth with A2DP. The camera is a 3-megapixel uh, shooter with video capture. The device comes with an AT&T apps such as Social Net and AT&T's Video Share. It's available for $50 after two-year agreement and is eligible for free overnight shipping on AT&T's site. 
Software news in a moment, but first, another way you can support the cell phone junkie. You enjoyed this show, so help us up by subscribing to TCPJ Unlocked, our bi-monthly premium podcast. It's only $5 a month or $45 a year. You can keep us bringing this show to you each and every week. Sign up is easy. Just visit thecellphonejunkie.com. Click the link on the right for the cell phone junkie unlocked. Then click subscribe to premium content. Follow the instructions and get signed up. Thanks to everyone out there who's an unlocked subscriber. Well, in this week's Unlocked show, we talked about smartphones and how they're becoming more popular and also how the need for help has been growing along with that. You've got six different platforms out there, Android, BlackBerry, iOS, Symbian, WebOS, and Windows Phone 7 coming down the line here soon, not to mention multiple devices per platform in most cases. So we break down where you need to go to find the help that you need for your device. Also, we talk about what's going on with me and my manic phone buying tendencies. As you know, I've been going through all sorts of different phones here over the past few months, so we're going to talk a little bit about that as well. So check that one out. If you're not an Unlock subscriber, just head over to the site and click the links to get signed up. Verizon announcing a new version of the My Verizon account management software for the Android and BlackBerry customer. The application will let the subscriber view minute, message, and data usage, adjust allowance minutes on current plans, make one-time payments, and set up and maintain auto-pay functionality, also view upgrade eligibility and contract end dates, and manage friends and family numbers. The app will be preloaded on all BlackBerry phones and can be downloaded uh, to either version of the BlackBerry Storm. Verizon said Bing is coming to its network through BlackBerry devices late last year with the push of the search provider's functionality to certain RIM handsets. On Monday, they announced that Android phones sold through the carrier will now be preloaded with the Bing search application. Current Android customers can download the application through the Android market for free. I found a little irony in that. I just have to point that out, that Android phones are being preloaded with Bing. That's like buying a Windows device with Safari on it, but you know, whatever to each their own, some sort of agreement with Verizon and Bing getting that onto all the Android devices out there. HTC made available a software update for the Windows Mobile HTC Tilt 2 on the AT&T network. The most significant change is the replacement of the TouchFlow user interface with the latest version of HTC's Sense UI. The update adds instant messaging, a number of AT&T uh, or, excuse me, a new AT&T Wi-Fi client, plus Twitter and Vlingo apps. Version 2.10.501.4 fixes a number of bugs, including caller ID and SMS issue- issues. The update is a free download from the HTC website. In a call with Adobe, PhoneScoop confirmed that although Android 2.2 is required for Flash Player 10.1, not all 2.2 devices will be able to access the mobile client from Adobe. According to the company, the phone must meet minimum specifications, including a fast enough processor and graphics support. Adobe's website notes that devices with a VGA screen need to have at least a 550 MHz processor, in addition to hardcore vector FPU support excuse me, hardware vector FPU support. Devices with WVGA displays need to have a dedicated Cortex-A8 800 MHz processor or higher and the same hardware vector FPU support. Adobe said that the Google Nexus One, HTC Evo 4G, HTC Desire, and Motorola Droid, Droid 2, and Droid X are all certified to run Flash. Following the lineage of Sweet 
code names for the Android OSs. Samsung confirmed at IFA this week that the new version that will come after Gingerbread will be known as Honeycomb. No specific details or features were disclosed regarding the version due out mid to late 2011. Palm on Tuesday announced WebOS 2.0, the latest version of its smartphone operating system. With the new OS, Palm said the SDK for developers on the updated platform would be out this week. Improvements to the OS include a refresh of the way stacks work and can now be clustered into groups to reduce home screen clutter. Universal Search is now called Just Type and will now support actions such as initiating emails or messages through the service. Palm said it is also offering developers APIs for the Touchstone Charger, allowing them to integrate their applications into the charger with other accessories. WebOS's Synergy Context Management application receives new tools for developers who will be able to access more of its code and integrate their own apps and services with Synergy. A release date for the end users has not been announced. Boy, Mickey, you know, I got to play with WebOS a little bit at the AT&T store with a Pixie Plus, and I was comparing it to the Torch, and boy, did I like the the Pixie Plus uh, by far over the Torch. I, I just think that OS just is slick and easy to use, the, the WebOS, and uh, something like getting these on prepaid like they are for Verizon would be a very good option for them, I think. I just, uh, I would like to see that, because... Uh, you know, maybe in the long term, WebOS will stick around and start really gaining traction. Obviously, you know, the marketing power that they have is so much less. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just uh, it is a really great OS. Well, the Pixie on Verizon got an update this week, so it's it's still in development. OS 1.4.5 came to the Palm Pixie Plus on Verizon. Minor bug fixes and UI enhancements were uh, the what came with it in the free over-the-air update. So, yeah, definitely they're they're still making strides. They're still pushing forward with it. I, I, and Sprint really needs to get the Pixie Plus. That's all I can say is they they need to get that phone because the the improvements made for the processor and the the memory and the uh, you know deleting the, the the button on the front just way you know improves. It's a uh, it's it just it's so much better. Yeah, uh, I, I hopefully they'll you know they'll do what they need to do. And you know overall it, it's interesting that you say you you would take the Pixie Plus um, over the Torch. You know I've got. Uh, I, you know, I, I took some time and I looked at the torch and, you know, it's for what it's for what it is for the BlackBerry user. I mean, it, it may be the upgrade for you. Um, you know, it's going to all come down to whether or not you want the big screen and, and, and want the full keyboard with it. And, but I don't know. I, I'm not sure that I would agree with you on that. I, I can't say that I disagree, but I don't know that I agree. Well, you know, it, if you if you if you had if you gave me the choice, you have to take one of these two phones. I would take the the Pixie. Uh, mm. The form factor, it's tiny, it's a little phone, but the interface is just fast. Uh, I mean, you got to whip through those the the running apps and and fling them off the screen and see that it's just something about it. It just feels great. It just runs perfect. Whereas the the BlackBerry was a little jerky, a little slow. It's it's kind of huge. The keyboard's kind of hard to type on because there's that huge chin underneath of it, which mm-hmm. I just, until you hold on to it, you don't really realize that's really in the way. Um, it, 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 no, it's to, it's just not for me. Uh, it, it, I just love the, the way the Pixie looks even. I just don't want a sliding keyboard. That's, that's what I've well, come down to. Well, and that's to. a huge thing as well, totally. I wouldn't want a keyboard underneath that big screen though either um, all the time. So I kind of see where they went, but... It's uh, that's a tough one. I guess maybe I'd, I'd go with the smaller screen to have a a, de- a a full keyboard right there, and and maybe I would choose the Pixie. But then I think about all the things that I would lose 
by giving up on the BlackBerry OS. And, well, yeah, the, the, the BlackBerry flat platform, you know, for email, it is, I mean, it, it can't beat it. Yep, it works really well. So uh, also on the WebOS side, Facebook 1.3 came out. The new version uh, brings uh, update brings selectable news feeds, revised photo tagging, fan pages, support for landscape viewing, and the ability to clear multiple notifications at a time. So you can download that if you haven't already. If cheap international calling is your thing, TruePhone could be the answer. I've used TruePhone while traveling in the past. Had great success with the service. Starting this week, they've cut their prices over 50% to the top calling destinations. Now you can call the U.S., U.K., France, Australia, Canada, and more for just 2.1 cents per minute. Calling to TruePhone, Skype, and Google Talk users over 3G or Wi-Fi is still free when using iOS, Nokia, Android, or BlackBerry devices. TruePhone is a, a great way to make cheap calls. Check them out. They also have a service called, uh, and I can't remember it offhand, it's like Talk Anywhere, um, but it basically it allows you to uh, to get a SIM card and have a dedicated phone number uh, local anywhere. And that gives you a SIM card with a phone number in your area, then you can take that SIM and, and roam around the world. And it works really, really well. So uh, check them out if you're looking for a way to save a little bit of money on your international calling. New iPods weren't the only thing that came out of Apple's event this week. Steve Jobs took the stage and announced iOS 4.1 for the iPhone, saying that there have been a lot of bugs fixed. First, he said the proximity sensor issue on the iPhone 4 has been resolved, as has the performance problems on the iPhone 3G. iOS 4.1 will also bring with it new features, starting with high dynamic range or HDR photo capturing. This process takes three photos with the shutter when the shutter button is, is pressed, one each at normal, under, and overexposed, and then merges the three together to create one image with as much detail as possible. The feature will be... Uh, be able to be turned on or off at will and it will also take the original picture and save it separately from the hdr picture so you can compare the two and choose the one that you want to save this has been something that's kind of been around for a few years especially just kind of like for uh, professional photographers um and and hobbyists it, it really it's hard to describe unless you look at a picture but it's more like how your eyes actually see things where it's a very high contrast very detailed uh, picture, um, you know, the where shadows become visible and they make sense to you, and you can see what's going on in them, as well as bright areas. It, it's it's just a, a really really neat way to see pictures. It's amazing that they decided to include this. I mean, of all the things that they could have thrown in, they chose HDR photos. I guess you know one of the big things is media with Apple, and they want to you know they put in this this great five megapixel camera, one of the best on a phone that's that's out there in the five megapixel range right now, and so they want to be make sure people are taking advantage of it. So I, I think it's great. They also included a game center in the iOS 4.1 update, which will allow interactive games to be played with friends or strangers. And HD video can now be uploaded over Wi-Fi. Previously, the HD video had to be pulled off the device via a cable. And lastly, iPhone users will be able to conduct FaceTime chats with users to the new iPod Touch. iOS 4.1 will be available for download starting sometime next week. Apple.com slash UK has it listed as the exact date of September 8th. So we'll see if uh, three days from now, if we get that update. Apple also talked about iOS 4.2, specifically the version for the iPad. The OS will have all the features of 4.0 and 4.1, plus the ability to print wirelessly and stream audio and video from the iPad. 
Finally, Apple introduced a new version of its iTunes media player, now with social networking features. The new features will fall under the brand Ping and will work through iTunes to share music interests. The new application will function on the iPhone, iPod Touch, and iPad. Microsoft announced Wednesday that Windows Phone 7 is now at the release to manufacturers milestone. This means that Windows Phone 7 is now in final form and is ready for handsets. Microsoft said that it has it was able to incorporate some parts of the face of Facebook into the People Hub. They said that the user interface has been refined throughout the OS and a dedicated search button has been added for faster searching through contacts. As much of the Android world has been enjoying swipe over the past few months, certain Nokia phones will now get in on the action with the new version of the software. Swipe allows for faster text entry on the handset by allowing the user to trace a word without lifting the finger from the screen. The software will run on the Nokia N97 and N97 Mini, X6, uh, 5800 and 5230 the testers in the beta will provide feedback before a version is available for download to all users nokia said that it will be closing down its avi file service which allows customers to access their computer data remotely the world's top cell phone maker said in an email that the the service will be discontinued starting october 1st and that users should uninstall the avi files connector from their computers nokia started to build its own internet services offering in 2007 but it has ramped down several unsuccessful products lately nokia built the avi file service allowing users to access files on their computers from any remote computer through the internet on top of a 2007 acquisition of u.s firm avenue A new Starbucks card mobile application has come to the BlackBerry this week. The application allows users to manage a Starbucks card, make mobile payments to stores, check balances, reload the card, and check my Starbucks reward statuses. The application is available for free from the Starbucks website. T-Mobile released the BlackBerry OS 5.0.0.822 to the BlackBerry Curve 8900 and 8520 devices this week. The software will be downloaded directly over the air to the handset, and it is said to improve the speed of the device as well as resolving software bugs and minor UI enhancements. And finally in software, QuickOffice announcing this week a commitment to the WebOS in a corporate blog post. They said that users will be pleasantly surprised if they continue to watch the QuickOffice space and their continued leadership in the mobile place. WebOS currently does not have a version of Documents to Go for editing of the Microsoft Office Suite files. Into some questions and comments this week. First is a question from JT. He says, I have a Samsung reality because I can't afford the $30 per month that is required for a smartphone. With the reality, I only need to pay $10. Anyway, my question is, do you know if there are any legit or free or cheap applications for the phone? Almost all the games are $8 for unlimited usage, but that's just crazy. I just wish there were only one or two really nice apps that were somewhat cheap. I just started listening to the show. Hope you can answer my question. Thanks very much, JT. Well, JT, I found a site that hopefully will get you in the right direction here. I have not seen the Samsung Reality, so I I can't personally talk about any application loading on it. But there's a site called samsung-reality.com. And then if you go to slash samsung-reality-applications after that, um, it's going to pull up all sorts of different apps that you can download for it, including uh, ways to um, do instant messaging. Uh, looks like there's an ESPN application, some some different um, um, ringtone stuff on here as well. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes here. Just go to questions and comments and click on question from JT and it'll push you over to this site. 
Next is a question from Nate. He says, Nate, uh, or Nate says, love the show. Would be nice if there were some Canadian content out there. Uh, there has been an explosion of new carriers in Canada recently, and I seem to be the only one around with any info on them. I unlock phones myself, and that's why it interests me so much. You have great info on all the latest gadgets, and thanks for that. Keep it up. P.S. Since there are no Google Voice in Canada, uh, what would you recommend for long distance on a BlackBerry? Have you heard of and I can't even pronounce the name of the service, and that's a no. Uh, it looks like Gorilla Tell. Gorilla Tell. Uh, anyway, um, what would I recommend for long distance? I would say, um, you know, one of the things that works out really well are some of the services that you can get, such as MaxRoam or um, TruePhone is one that I think is, and like we just mentioned earlier, they've just recently dropped their prices, um, uh, and possibly Skype. Skype now allows you, and I'm not sure if they have pushed this through to Canada, but Skype now allows you to call a specific number that's been dedicated to you, and then once you call that, you can then make your international calls directly through that phone number. It's it's a unique service that um, I, I just got uh, just got it signed up for just a couple of weeks ago. It's called Skype to go. And I have a local phone number here that I call. Once I call from that number, my the, the service recognizes that I'm the one calling from it based on the caller ID of my phone. And then I can make my calls through there. So maybe check out Skype to go as well. Um, but um, yes, you know, Google Voice was is a great way to do it. And unfortunately, I know you don't you guys don't have it there yet. So I won't rub that in too much. But um, ultimately, you know, the, those are some some of the, the internet things that I can think of, you know, for making cheap calls. Um, you know, I'm guessing too, you're probably talking about making calls, you know, to the States, um, and maybe, you know, some European countries as well. And some of these services that, um, like I said, like the, the Skype service, um, and then also on the true phone side, they're going to give you really, really cheap rates. I mean, it's going to be in the, you know, two to three to four cent per minute range. So it's, it's relatively good. Um, Gorilla Tell, I can't, I don't even think that's how you pronounce it, but no, I've not heard of it. Um, and maybe it's just because it is Canadian. And yes, I know we try and try and, you know, sprinkle in some international and Canadian news every once in a while, but you know, we're both in the U S and so we, we focus on this. We do have international audience, so we will, you know, we do what we can to, to get in, you know, news that is hopefully interesting to everybody out there. Next is a question from Angel, and he says, guys, love the show. I usually email, but wanted to try SMS. I was wondering, since I made the leap from the BlackBerry 500405 to 500602, what are the differences, if any, between the new versions? I've looked online, but can't seem to get any specific information. Thanks a lot, Angel. Okay, well, most of the time when you get these uh, these point increases, it's coming down to just a few things, and it's not going to be anything really interesting. It's usually some speed improvements. Uh, hopefully, you've seen that as you're going through the different applications. It's going to be sped up a little bit. There's also bug fixes under the hood. Nothing usually you know groundbreaking. Otherwise, you would know about it. And then also UI enhancements. You may have seen a different font you know in one place or you know different backgrounds or, or different things like that. But they're all going to be pretty minor. And and that's what a lot of these updates are. It's not like they've added in you know some some totally different major features for you. Yeah, exactly, Mickey. It's it's not going to be any new feature, really. Um, maybe you'd get one, but it, it, it'll be very minor. Um, uh, mostly bug fixes and speed improvements. Um, and they don't even tell you what they are. They don't publish a cha- an official change log for the point releases. Um, so unfortunately, we're kind of just, uh, it's kind of trial and error. Um, looking at crackberry.com is really a good place to go because uh, you get a whole combination of users 
trying the upgrade and then finding what they uh, a particular problem they were looking for to see if it was fixed or not. And um, that's kind of where I go and check things out. Sprint, for example, um, they actually do say a couple of things that have been changed. Like, for example, on the Bold 9650, uh, the .699 update that was official for Sprint, it says they fixed dialing for star 3 and star 7. I have no idea what those are for. And fixed radio turning off after selecting yes to global mode. Uh, Mickey, you know full well that 699 did a heck of a lot more than those two things to the BlackBerry because you had a pre, uh, pre-release version. Uh, the, the, the When Sprint f- shipped the bowl that came with 699 on it, you had a pre one which had an earlier version, and it was unbearable yeah. in comparison. And for me, I've actually installed a non-Sprint official ROM on mine. It's 0.801, I believe, it, it, and that's... Uh, it, it hasn't really done much, but it feels much smoother and snappier for me. So um, generally, you're, you're pretty good going to the newest point releases. They, they generally fix things up, clean it up, make it a little faster. And I'm going to put in a link to the show notes here, which is the link from the Crackberry post where they said the official OS.602 for the 9700 came out. And uh, hopefully this will kind of get you, you know, to, to you know, read this. There's 83 comments on here, and this is actually where, you know, the first place I went. And so Joey's right. Crackberry is a great place to go for BlackBerry info. People are saying speed improvements, um, you know, some UI things, but nothing real exciting. But read through the all of this here. And again, it's uh, just go to the to the cell phone junkie, click through to uh, podcast, and then go to the show notes and just click on question from Onhill, And that'll give you the uh, the link uh, over to the BlackBerry comment uh or the page that we're talking about here so you can read them for yourself next one is a comment from wendy she says hi uh, about the company listing owners and their cell phone numbers i searched for my name and it returned it my cell phone number number home address and name were all in their database i submitted an opt-out form and they have removed me from the listings the company does not guarantee that the listing won't get added again in the future so i'll need to check it on occasion my number was it used to be a landline that I ported over to a cell phone about five years ago. Maybe that's why it was listed. However, my landline number had never had the address listed in the paper phone book. Wendy, proud owner of the shiny new HTC Evo. All right, Wendy. Well, yeah, definitely could have been. Um, there, there's a lot of places that your number can be pulled from. Um, you could have entered it in on an online website someplace. Um, some you got to be on some sort of list somewhere, and who knows. Um, you know, where phone books ended up getting your phone number here, but I'm glad that they were able to make the process easy to opt out because yeah, definitely if you don't want it in there, you shouldn't have it in there. Yeah. And a lot of it does come from the phone, having an actual phone, even though you're uh, not listed, it's, you know, yeah, it comes from credit card companies. They, you know, data compiling and data mining out there is just, it's so powerful now. Uh, The instant one of your bits of information gets released, it's just, everywhere penetrated um so yeah that is it's a little spooky and it's a little annoying and of course that's one argument to avoid actually porting your landline number to a cell phone number because of all the unsolicited phone calls that you you'll then be subject to um very frustrating um i i I despise that myself beyond anything so um when we uh we canceled the vantage line here which was a a, you know long-term um landline that number just went away. Hmm. It's interesting that you mentioned that. I, I do have my bold is an old landline number, and I get more unsolicited calls on this phone than my other two cell phones. So absolutely, I would I would say that that would make sense. Um, 
you know, it's not terrible, but, uh, you know, on occasion I will get them. And this was an unlisted number. So it sounds like, like Wendy, um, even though your number is unlisted, they, they sometimes, you know, they figure it out. They figure out which ones are home lines and uh, they'll, they'll call them. So it's in a database somewhere. Um, unfortunately, you just got to, you know, hopefully you're not too bombarded by calls that are annoying you. But, um, but yeah, it, it could come from, from just about anywhere. But I think, I think you're right. And uh, Joey as well, that it is definitely from because it was a landline. And finally today, a voicemail from Eric. Hello, this is Eric from East Tennessee. Recently on episode 222, you guys spoke briefly about advanced task killer or task killers uh, in general. You were discussing uh, a question a listener had emailed in. Now, I was recently listening to the Android Central podcast, uh, one that, uh, Mickey, you're on uh, quite often. Um, I do enjoy you on that show. But on uh, at Android Central, they were, they were talking about how in 2.2, in Froyo, they had taken away the ability for third-party apps to disable system functions on a phone or, or to disable certain aspects of, of the phone. So I... I don't know if that's going to address your caller's issue, but it's my understanding from what, I, what I've been reading that 2.2 uh, takes away the need for advanced task killer or task killer just because it limits, it now limits what third-party apps can do and what they can control on the device. Um, I work for a carrier as a technician, and we've been given word from uh, our superiors to take that off and to inform the customer they no longer need it and to in fact tell them it's causing some issues with their phone and we do see that your caller was talking about uh, Pandora being shut down by the advanced task killer and we see that also in other applications that are being shut down even system functions that are being shut down are are strictly limited in certain situations so we have been advising our customer to go ahead and just take that off um, but anyhow, uh, if you could address that issue 2.2, uh, taking away the need for a, a task killer. But anyhow, guys, I, I love your show. really look forward to it. I get uh, probably most of my cell phone news from your podcast, from your website, and um, really enjoy it. Uh, Mickey, I enjoy you on uh, Android Central. Y'all have a good day. Bye. All right, Eric. Thanks very much for the voicemail. Uh, yeah, so <clears throat> you are absolutely right. And we didn't mention this last week. And we probably should have that when you use a task killer on Froyo, um, you're, you're kind of banging your head against a wall and it, it really is not intended. Uh, these task killers should not be used with with Froyo. Um, so let's let's dig into that just a little bit here. So with Froyo, um, you can try to shut down an application or service using one of the third-party apps, whether it's Advanced Task Killer or whatever. However, you'll see that those applications will eventually just reappear in the list of applications, sometimes immediately. Apparently, this is happening because um, Froyo is, is, doesn't include the features that third-party developers previously used to shut down applications. So the Android market is saying that users should not be using these uh, task-killing applications on Froyo because they can't get in and they can't the, the, the application itself can't access what it was that uh, they were using in the prior versions of it. And so a lot of people are seeing this. And so 
there's no real reason to do so anymore to install a task killer. Just go with you know the you know, letting the applications run. Um, you can close an application if there's something that you want to close. Um, but if it's it may still be in that list of running applications. But the the OS is going to be able to manage itself appropriately. And, and it doesn't really need it. I guess that's the the bottom line way uh, to to put it here. But you know, as you said, you guys are as a tech, you're being requested not to have customers install task managers. Um, so hopefully that answers that. That wasn't, I guess, real clear. But um, it's just the way that the 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 this particular version of Android was written. It just the the applications themselves don't have access to the pieces of information in the code that they need to shut down the applications. So it may drop off your, your process list, but then it's going to show right back up because it actually didn't do anything. Um, and in fact, I don't know what it's doing, so it probably is not good. So just yeah, don't use it. No, yeah, exactly. Don't install them then if, it, if that's what they've changed. And yeah, absolutely. I, I suppose you just have to use an official or just uh, unfortunately use some other mitigation for tasks that are going crazy or you just want to close and the battery pull is always a good option <laughs> that's kind of what i was beating around <laughs> you know i guess i never i never had an issue with that with the nexus because i was constantly swapping batteries and every time i swapped the battery I'd do a reboot so i didn't ever have to worry about closing applications so i was rebooting the phone once per day at a minimum so no big deal for me, but I, I can totally see that if uh, you know someone is, is doing that. But if you've got Froyo on your device, it's probably got enough memory to be able to manage itself appropriately. So just kind of let it do itself, you know, do its own thing. And um, you shouldn't have any problems. Shouldn't being the operative word. But anyway, good luck with that. Thanks for the voicemail, Eric. If you have any questions or comments, you can get in touch with us. Give us a call, 206-203-3734. Or you can send us a text, 775-773-TCPJ. That's 8275. Or you can send us an email to questions at thecellphonejunkie.com. And I actually had a request last week from one of our international listeners. So if you now go in the show notes here if you want to give us a call i've added the plus one to both the call and text numbers uh, to make it easier for those of you that are international to get in touch with us Uh, so you can just go to the website click on that from your mobile device and you'll be able to give us a call or send us a text so there you go enjoy doing that if you want to follow us you can do so facebook at facebook.com slash the cell phone junkie or on twitter twitter.com slash cell phone junkie joey is at tcpj underscore joey i am at tcpj underscore mickey and uh you can follow us on there and see what we're doing here though we got to get on joey here he's not updating his twitter very often it's not no, a good tweeter. It's easy on the bold. I, I really have to admit it, but uh, it's probably summertime. I'm busy. I, I don't know. <laughs> we don't know. We want to know what you're doing. Give us your, your, your daily mobile goings on, you know? It's kind of fun. My mobile goings on? Well, uh, let me see. Checking email. That's all you're going <laughs> to see over and over again. Looking at email. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for your time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com. 